the reason why you would then become a Qigong Taoist Qigong practitioner in your vein, right, mm-hmm. would be, again, because there's, there's things going on that you can't um, ameliorate without knowing that they're there. So yeah. you, you, so that's why you sort of, so again, so the, the, what's the progression of the path here? You say okay. it's, a, it's a path to what, right? Well, if you're talking about Taoism, then the progression is towards the Tao, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like saying, like, if you're a Sufi, you, you want to become a Wala, you want to be friends with God, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, um, but um, that isn't to me, even after 20 years, that's not different than saying, like, oh, I wish I was a billionaire. Like, I don't really mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. what's involved mm-hmm. because it's so big. Yeah. Mm. I, I've met people who seem to be further down the road and they seem really cool mm-hmm. and I want to spend time with them mm. and go in that direction mm-hmm. but I don't the sort of that goal if you want to call it that mm. is not something I can perceive really mm. so I have ideas about it it's mm. kind of fantasies to be right. to right. be honest so in the Taoist at least in the tradition that I'm mainly practicing and from um, you work with where you are and you find out how you're imbalanced mm. where you are mm-hmm. if you're going to have um, things that you just decide make sense to you they would say being balanced is good mm-hmm. having internal space is good and finding things that limit that and balancing them is good <laughs> like yeah. that, and then yeah. beyond that, it, it's it's that's just a personal choice. Yeah, you know, mm. um, the technical details ultimately are just details. But it, if you're talking about a Taoist, they're interested in finding out more and more about where we are and who you who we are, which is probably a lifetime's work or more. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings me to a question I had about Kundalini Yoga uh, and, and its connection to, to Qigong I'll do my Qigong. best but bear in mind um, I've never done yoga so, yeah so you know, no it's, it's, it's simple okay. so um, you know the chakra model yeah, you sure. could call that the, the map of energy um, I the, wouldn't say in the body but that yeah. maps onto the body yeah. what is the map of energies um, in the Chinese tradition of Qi that maps onto the body uh, experientially, but also theoretically, that you believe in, and maybe bring both together if you can. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Kenneth studying neuroscience. Yeah. Could you tell me <laughs> the nature of neural functions in the entire human body at all, <laughs> at, at all levels and how it interfaces with fluid function of course. and joints. Of course, every concept. Yeah. I could, I could, so, I could so, so, so the, the, I'm not, a simplified I, it's a version. great question. Yeah. There's, the, so the chakra is the, people, I, I, I do know people who are very into yoga and I have spoke to them, but I really differentiate between something someone told me Mm-hmm. And something, something I know, yeah, um, like in me, yeah. Um, the the chakra system is the central channel, yeah. And in the yogic tradition, they have the central channel and they have the left and the right channel. They got the sun and moon channel. Sometimes they're mm-hmm. called. Mm-hmm. They have those exact same channels within Tibetan Buddhism, mm-hmm. um, because there's you know Tibetan Buddhism has got a lot of overlap with the yogic traditions from India because there's a lot of shared 
Buddhism. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it's in Tibet and it's got some things that are unique, just like Zen's got some things that are unique. But but that that system of left, right and central channel, effectively, mm-hmm. when you see these images, they're, they're working with them in Tibetan Buddhism, they're working with them within the Vedic tradition or yogic tradition, if you want to call it that. They have the equivalence in Taoism, you have left, right and central channel, for sure. They don't have... They don't have this focus on seven or nine or eleven yeah. or ten chakras. Mm-hmm. Um, they really focus on three, mm-hmm. and those. One of those is focused on within the context of, pretty much all styles of qigong, mm-hmm. and the other two are only focused on within the context of, um, Taoist meditation. Yeah, and there are there, are there any um, energy channels outside of the body which? is associated with higher dimensional realities or connection with higher dimensional realities. We're going uh, a bit f- further away yeah, from, practic- okay, from okay, like okay, look, actual practice. Of let me put it this way. Yeah. Um, the karma you've got is you're talking to me. And so when I, my teachers have told me specifically not to go to that dimension. Okay. <laughs> so I'm 20 years in and I've done a lot of things, but it's very hard. Okay. You know, how long have you been living in Oxford? <laughs> Three years. Okay, so you yeah. kind of know your way around. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not really that easy to get lost in Oxford. Like, mm-hmm. even if you were absolutely smashed on anything, <laughs> <laughs> um, at some point you'd kind of probably recognise somewhere you've been before, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd be able to get some orientation, and then you'd be able to find your way back home. <laughs> yeah. you need to go to the toilet you need to change your clothes your phone's there you've got these different things you need to let everyone know you're okay because you've been lost for a few days yeah so you you know there are these there, there are these things where you you can't really get lost yeah um the moment you really start expanding your perception beyond your body and the very localized sphere around your body mm. It's very, very, very easy to get lost. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh, The reason I asked that question is because uh, Kenneth and I and David also, we're part of the Oxford Psychedelic Society. So for for better or worse, we are interested in in those those things. And and I know for practical purposes, it's not really like good or some people say you're too young or you're not experienced. I get get all of that. And actually in the, I think this Kabbalah, um, the the Jewish masters never taught Kabbalah to to their students until they were 40 or 50 years old. They could start teaching me from when 31st of July, I just turned 40. (laughs) So I wouldn't be 20 years in, I'd be like a week in. So I get get that. But um, so, so my, my thing is, I've, I understand that, but for people who are interested in altered states and interested in higher dimensions, fine. for them, their speciality or their, their interest is genuinely to learn about those things for, for nothing but curiosity purposes. Okay, fine. And that's why I asked that I, question. It's not coming fine, from I, a place I, of... Uh, I understand yeah. that. I totally respect that. Yeah. Okay. I, but to be clear, I totally respect that. Um... The fact is that nothing is risk-free, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And with psychedelics, you're talking about powerful medicines, mm-hmm. and you know, medicines are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, but if you get the dosage wrong, then, <laughs> then you get problems, right. you get side effects. And usually, the definition of a side effect is it's unwanted. 
(laughs) (laughs) So if you're talking about psychedelics, if you look at something like a really popular one at the moment is ayahuasca. Yeah. Mm. Most people would consider vomiting an unwanted side effect. (laughs) And if they, and so those people might smoke DMT. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because you're less likely to get the nausea and the vomiting, yeah. right? Right. So from that perspective, the vomiting is an unwanted side effect, right? Right. Traveling has risks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and what traditionally would have been called the psychic sphere is a kind of traveling. Mm-hmm. And my advice is know where home is. <laughs> no, I, I totally. I'm, I'm with you. I'm bored uh, with no, what but, you're saying. But, yeah. but it, within the Taoist tradition that yeah. I'm in, their advice is: hmm. if you aren't really connected into your body, yeah, stably, if you don't really know and live in a way that is normally really inhabiting your flesh, hmm. then if you get lost. <laughs> You don't have somewhere to come back to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, lots. Of the, they have these etheric, an etheric cord, and yeah. all these sorts of things yeah. in lots of the traditions. The point is, altered states are usually not physical within the psychedelic context, from what I little I know. Um, those are altered states of mind that you're interested in exploring. At lower dosages, they will affect old states of the body. You'll have increased sensitivities, but you may not start having whatever you want to call them, visions in some or hallucinations. There's lots of judgments in these. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you, you take it beyond a certain dosage, you're shifting into where your your consciousness is not how you're used to it. Mm-hmm. And it's not where you're used to it being. Yeah that's how you get lost. Yeah. Right. right. So if you're very, very stable in your body, yeah. You can take high dosages of things and not have to choose. Right, right, right. Yeah. Between being in your body or being somewhere else. Yeah. So are you not at all interested in uh, in those I in those realms? To... Oh I'm very interested. Okay. I um I like hiking. <laughs> right but that and maybe i would be really interested in mountain climbing <laughs> i am uh, too but, yeah. uh, but yeah. k2's got a one in four chance of dying even <laughs> if you're an extremely skilled mountaineer yeah mm-hmm. so um make sure your goals match your realities mm-hmm. you know that's if someone's say from a family with a strong background of schizophrenia, maybe you don't pop a 5,000 milligram dose of LSD <laughs> the first time you take it and just see what happens because you may get lost. Yeah. Right. So it's not it's not that I'm not open to it. I think yeah. I have a certain, because of my background, I have a medical background. Yeah, effectively. yeah, I understand, yeah. And so I'm all up for exploring. Yeah. But nobody wants to deal with the fallout. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I give this analogy. Okay. Imagine you're an astronaut and you have a space shuttle and you've been trained to go to the space shuttle. Fantastic. And your job is literally to explore space. Yeah. Okay. So in this analogy, you are interested. You are person A, not everybody. And it's not for everybody. 100%. But person A learns the uh, skills of uh, groundedness, stability, all of that. But eventually, 
person A wants to explore higher dimensions of reality. For sure. And so my question is, um, how does that higher dimensions of reality map onto, let's say, the the subtle, the subtle energy? Are there, are there no, energy no, no, channels? Are there energy channels? Uh, specific locations okay. that allow okay. you to connect, um, and will they become activated on psychedelics? I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you now. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you look at esoteric, my training is within traditions, mm. so that's my bias. I don't think it's better than anything else. Um, but when you look at most esoteric traditions, which with the exception of psychedelics, but in ayahuasca it's within a lineage, within iboga it's in a lineage, you yeah. go to certain places in Mexico, mushrooms within a lineage. Yeah. Um, it's something, those are all really oral traditions, traditionally. Just because I'm interested doesn't mean I'm going to get told the answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. And that's not because they don't think it's a good question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, when you know something's there, you can fuck with it. I am not interested in giving you things to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> because you won't be able to fix it, and I won't be able to fix it. <laughs> so I'll do that for myself. But I, when you're a teacher, yeah, and I know because I hear it's just a webcast, yeah, yeah. But for me, this is knowledge that is not neutral right, knowledge, right, right, yeah, yeah, it's powerful knowledge um, or information or whatever you want to call it. Um, there are risks I'm happy to take for myself, and <laughs> there are things that I might be willing to talk to people about on a case-by-case -case basis. I see, okay. But for sure, I'm not doing that on a podcast. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> it's not fucking happening. Fair, right. fair, right. That's what karma is, and I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. willing to have, yeah. say something, and someone goes down a certain road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if you live in a world of energy, which I do, then I'm part of that. And yeah. and I have to, that's work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, I have, if I can't clean it up, then I have to accept that. Yeah, and, uh, and then that you get into a world of morality at that level or, yeah. or, so it's not that I'm not interested but you can ask me any questions you want yeah um, <laughs> but not this question no no no, I, no, no, no you, you can ask ask away so, so I can what I can say is from the, my perspective the training that I have had there's a very very strong emphasis on training and developing the capacity to feel your energy your emotions and your mind and to be stably to not dissociate from your body when you experience strong emotional or mental states mm -hmm. then at later stages there's a layer where you start working with the field of energy or etheric field around you and you start noticing the impact of your environment on you and you on your environment which is a radically greater amount of energy to process than just the energy inside your own body mm -hmm. um, and until you are really stable in this my tradition yeah, yeah. my Davos tradition other traditions which I've trained in different things um, until you're really stable in your body and you're yeah. stable you, and the energy of your etheric field is very stable you have 
good sense of boundaries, if you want to go to psychological terms, and transference and counter-transference. All these terms can happen energetically as well. Until your body in the etheric field is stable within the tradition I am from, you don't really, you kind of stick your head out the window yeah. and like look out around, you might check things <laughs> out, but you don't, you, 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 you kind of get, you want to be, you want to make it impossible to get lost yeah. and then you grow what that realm is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you know your, the town you're born in, you know, every little alleyway when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you know, all the little roads, and you've got memories everywhere, you know how everything connects to everywhere else, yeah. you know, all the shortcuts. You have that level of familiarity and then you start expanding yeah. mm-hmm. that out. They don't generally go for, you talk about space, like one little straight, narrow, <laughs> tiny line up, <laughs> up 10,000, you, know, you, know, you know, because because there's a lot of stuff around you're missing. Yeah? Yeah, so yeah. it's not saying that you can't do that. Um, I think the space thing is a great analogy. Mm. Again, you're all in this Oxford Psychedelic Society. Now, I understand it's a purely academic institution. So... You know, you're talking about these things, but you may have met people who explore that domain. Yeah, how many of them approach it like a professional astronaut? Yeah, right. right. I see what you mean. Yeah, like yeah, they're like, all right, in two years, yeah. I want to go to space. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and I need. Yeah. I'm now gonna do. What do I need to do for the next two years before I take off? Yeah, fucking nobody. Yeah, yeah. like nobody. We yeah. and that's fine. Like I, you know. I'm not saying that's bad. I just mean, <laughs> I see what you it's mean, different. Yeah. If, yeah. if it's like I want to be an astronaut, yeah. and then I can go on the dark web, and then I'm an astronaut, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the same. Like, you know, I can get my certificate. I've got my certificate. I'm an astronaut. Like amazing. Like NASA. It says in NASA. You know, yeah. like so. It's it's you know yeah. it opens up. I think it's <laughs> wonderful and it's natural and uh, you know I. I have hurt myself doing Qigong practices. Like, you know, if you train anything for long enough, like any sport, you can get injuries. Yeah? Yeah. If you overtrain something, you push something too hard, you can get hurt. So, you know, energies on that level is tangible. Yeah. So, so um, you know, not having the training, but having the desire. Yeah. The amazing thing with psychedelics is you can just be taken somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the really difficult thing with psychedelics is you can just be taken somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That you, you, you're, there's not really necessarily bridging, so you don't really know how to get there or how to come back. You, there, there's, yes, there's, yeah, you yeah. just know, I'm here, uh, or yeah. now I'm back. Right, you yeah, know, yeah. And there's often a bit of a dissonance. Yeah. How do you integrate that trip? Yes. Right. H- hence why you work with a shaman, or if you uh, really want to become a, an astronaut, for you sure. get trained in, uh, let's say, aerospace yeah, for sure. engineering or whatever. So with, with um, let's say, with being a psychonaut, you sure. train with a shaman, and that's the right way of doing it. For you sure. learn in a lineage and a tradition. For sure. But still, so the, the real answer to that question was, you're interested and you know it, but you won't share it for karmic reason. That was the real answer. No, there's lots of things I haven't been shared with either. Like, yeah. like within my tradition, you get given the thing, like, you get given the next step. Mm-hmm. They generally don't want to share lots of information that's just because you're interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're practical. Yeah. 
it's a very practical based approach so if there's a Taoist lineage and they're going ultimately you're doing you're interested in Tao mm -hmm. and there's going to be a unique path for you that is different to anybody else's and there's been a variety of different practices that you may do or may not need to do and you may need to do them in the same order or in a different order and that teacher is going to have to decide when to give individuals certain practices or not um, you know so that's the specific advice I've been given yeah that's it yeah um, to focus mainly on physical yeah. energetic emotional and mental mm -hmm. yeah. which to be clear is still quite a lot pretty much everything <laughs> pretty much you know yeah. so you you know you can spend a lot of time in that domain yeah. I am definitely interested in those spheres I have experimented with various things different traditions different substances um, again for me personally I didn't do I didn't I didn't do anything until I was in my 30s mm -hmm. I'd already had 15 years no not 15 years 14 years before I ever took a psychedelic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of heavy training. So talk about one of your psychedelic experiences, actually, if you could. If, okay, if you feel, fine, if yeah, you feel comfortable to. Yeah, I'll talk about it. It's, it's a podcast, you know. Um, I have taken mushrooms and I have taken iboga. Mm. Those are the two that I have taken. And um, iboga is not so commonly known. Um but it's and it's not very easy to find um but i found someone doing that and they trained in france so i went to a place and did a retreat with them and what was really clear was that it's old mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know if you took again this is dangerous ground here um Shamanism is a very broad term, and um, who did they train with? How long did they train with them for? If my shaman, like, if I know you speak Spanish, I speak English, really crappy Chinese to some extent. Do you speak any other language? Persian. Persian. Do you speak any other language? A bit of Spanish. Okay, yeah. fine. So I can take a little bit of Persian. I, I learn a few Persian words from you. I learn a few <laughs> Spanish words. We, you know, we, we. I can kind of make a Creole. I can come up with something, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. and it's my own language, and it makes sense. I've got an agreed. When I, when I, when I say um, "Enshallah," it means God willing. Yeah. Yeah. But if I say "Madre Dios," it means you know. It means you know. We start. We start having all these. But as long as we agree on them within that lineage, then it's a lineage. But how old is it? Mm -hmm. You know, lots of lots of the for my understanding, lots of the shamanic lineages that are around are not very old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not. They're not only. They're not going to study with the wheat holes. If you like your psychedelics, they're not going to the with the wheat holes in Mexico, mm -hmm. and they're f going and learning like. Mm -hmm. Nwati language they're going and yeah. like living yeah. there and they are like fully totally there in that world view yeah. and fully immersed in that and then that tradition says mm. your knowledge is the same as our knowledge yeah 
go out and teach, mm-hmm. yeah. it, you might do seven months or a year with a huichol. Mm-hmm. You might go to Peru and spend um, two years with Amazonian shamans doing ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. You might go and spend mm-hmm. some time in Central America. Mm-hmm. I can forget her name now, but Wasson went there mm-hmm. and yep. you know do the mushroom stuff. Mm-hmm. Now. And then you go find someone who's doing Sonoran Desert Toads. And I can go and I can get extremely experienced in various, I'm picking this, psychedelics within a shamanic context. All of them are shamanic contexts. And all of them I've spent not insignificant amounts of time. And I myself am extremely experienced. But we're still talking about one individual. Mm -hmm. So it's my experience. And if you come and train with me, I can offer you all of the benefits of my experience. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about a long-term lineage, your teacher says, well, I tried that and it didn't work. You can try it, but my teacher and his teacher would have tried it and it yeah. didn't work. Mm-hmm. You start accumulating lifetimes worth of experience and dealing with problems and things like that. So um, when I went and did the aboga, it, it was, you can take if you get interested in this, you can go take Ibogaine. Mm-hmm. So the most common things way of taking Iboga, if you want to be technical, is not Iboga, it's Ibogaine. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. taking a hydrochloric salt of of Ibogaine. Mm-hmm. Some people want to take something that's not quite like that because it's not quite as harsh as taking the pure plant. Um, they want, But they want to take a total alkaloid extract of, of the Iboga plant. So it's got all of the fats and it's got all the other complex alkaloids, not just the ibogaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the difference between chewing a coca leaf and cocaine. Yeah. They're not the same. <laughs> yeah, and or you can just chew the root bark, which is how they used to do it in in mm-hmm. in Gabon, which is where it's from. Mm-hmm. And that that tradition was taught from the nobody knows even when it started. It's like let's just say it's old. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're training in that tradition and you go into it and you've trained in, I trained into Buddhism for maybe six years at that time, quite intensively. I'd, I've trained a little bit within the Sufi lineage of um, Mevlevi Sufi lineage, someone called Kabir Hominsky, uh, the Rumi line. Uh, again, like he's got, in those, it's like he's got teachers and you can track it back to Rumi. Yeah. Like you can't just like go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a sheikh of the of the Mevlevi tradition because <laughs> I trained with them for six months. No, they tell you you're a sheikh, mm. so you don't get to make those decisions um, within a lineage. The lineage has its standards. Mm-hmm. Anyway, within maybe I'm sidetracking here, but within the context of that experience, what was very clear was the framing, the setup was very very clear. It was like you had to say who you were, you had to say who your ancestors were on both sides, you had to say why you were there, in front of the whole group. The whole group had to acknowledge you on the way into saying that and on the way out of saying that. And everybody did that for everybody in the group. Then you had to go off, split off into men and women and go into separate rooms, strip off, and the shaman, they call him a ganga, um, not a shaman, shamans are from Siberia, but anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, um, the ganga, he's washing you with herbs he's brought from Gabon to purify you you're meant to to wash with it put it in your mouth clean your mouth out then you go out him and then you get put in a black loincloth specifically for this thing 
then you get massage with oils from the rainforest of Gabon mm. that are designed to do specific things. Then you get your face painted uh, in certain ways, ritualized things to put you in that state. Then you get given your first dose, a light dose. Then you have to dance. Then, then at a certain point he says, okay, now you, he's watching everyone, he's tracking everyone, where is everyone? Are they mm -hmm. starting to feel the effects? What do they look like? How are they moving? When everyone's at a certain point, it's like, okay, everyone go lie down. Then he's coming around giving you a dose. He's ringing his little bell once an hour. Do you want a dose? Do you not want a dose? Right. He chooses how much of a dose you get. Yeah. You don't get to choose how much of a dose you get. He's, he's looking at you. He's deciding what is, where are you, when to give you a bump, when to not give you a bump. So you're, you're under their guidance in a very direct way mm -hmm. yeah uh, and on that level and then there's music and that music is very very old music and that music is created by people who are taking a boga and the music is designed to help you when you're in a boga to have a good trip not a bad trip and to help access all these so every facet every sense is angled in to anchor you into that experience the other psychedelic I like is ma magic mushrooms mm -hmm. There's no tradition with magic mushrooms. They're just there. You can go, if you can find them and you can go out, you can pick them. And so you're free to, to explore it in different ways. Mm -hmm. But say with, with the iboga in some ways is a great one. With ibogaine, when you take it in a medical context, you get given a, a very small tester dose to check you're not allergic. And then you get given the whole flood dose, which is a massive dose, in one go. Mm -hmm. And then you basically put your eye goggles on, your earphones on, you lie down in a dark room, you strap yourself in and you ride it out for 24 to 36 hours. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, that's what they do. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a, it's, 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 yeah. it's hardcore. Yeah. 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 When you take it traditionally, you don't have to go like that. You're getting a, you'll get, it's like if you go to the pub, it would be like, they, most people take psychedelics in England, I don't know about other places, like going to the pub yeah. <laughs> like and it would be the equivalent of going in and just going can i have a bottle of jack daniels please yeah, yeah, yeah. boom can yeah. i have another bottle of jack daniels, <laughs> yeah boom yeah and then i've not felt the first one hit yet oh shit i've drunk the second one and now i've drunk two bottles of jack daniels the first one's just landing and i've got all this other stuff yeah. they're not there's no pacing but yeah. with with the aboga what they were doing was pacing you're taking a dose you're letting it land, then you can take another dose and you've got a gradual mm -hmm. deepening throughout the whole, but you're dosing the whole night. Mm -hmm. You're not, so you still, yeah, it's still pretty potent. Yeah. You want to be avoiding that uh, consumerism and that uh, hedonism that's um, existing in the West and not allowing that to infiltrate into psychedelics. And like what you're saying is traditions know, sorry, sorry uh, traditions know based on thousands of years of practice, what dose is right, what music is right, and obviously they're not coming from a place of let's just go from zero to a million. Yeah, yeah, for as sure. As quick as possible. Yeah, sure. We yeah. do this as practically, with as much wisdom as we can. For sure. Because that's the way that is healthy and I, promoting your well-being. So I, I completely with you, I'm bored, yeah. I'm bored with that, yeah. All I'm I, saying is a very wise person is still one person. Yeah. And lots of the lineages that are around now who, you, if you look online, there's 
lots of different shamanic lineages around, but often they will say, I've done a bit with this, I've done a bit with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but for sure, traditionally, it's quite useful to be clear about who you're training with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they're, if they're, you know, someone from the Amazonian rainforest and they're of that tribe and that tribe's been working with ayahuasca for, for thousands of years and they've got all the different songs and they're, they're, yeah. they're totally there. You're probably going to have a really different experience with them. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to... Sorry, sometimes. I... I'm, no, no, no. no. Um, yeah, in terms of, I mean, if you want to, I'll go into it now. We can talk about it some other time. It's or fine. not. It's fine. But what did you experience? Like, what did you see? And how? And also, once, what, how did you interpret it? Did it look Tibetan to you? Did it look like, you know, wheels of rebirth and karma? Okay. Was it, was okay. Go was on. it immortals dancing around? Oh, yeah, and I just want to add on to that question, um, which is, you know, you mentioned that uh, you only tried psychedelics um, after you had done, I, yeah, I think I you said 14. I was, I was 32. Yeah, after you'd done 14 years of training uh, yeah. uh, in Qigong. Mm -hmm. um, and Taoist <clears throat> meditation and Tibetan Buddhism. Exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I, I imagine that in, in some ways your, your trips must have been influenced by the training that you had. For sure. And are you are you yeah. glad that you had that training as a backdrop? To yeah, but I'm fine. I'm me. Of course, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad, but that says things about me. You know, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, I'm. It's very difficult to do medicine and not start recognizing risks. Mm -hmm. So everybody wants to like skiing is a great one. Mm -hmm. Like, why is winter sports insurance so much more expensive than anything else? Because <laughs> it's more risky. Yeah. Right. Um, you're much more careful when you've tried to help people who've torn their knee ligaments skiing if you ever end up skiing or snowboarding because you're like, nah, I really don't want to, I don't want, you can't really separate that out. So it, in some ways, my journey's been less fun mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because when you're really aware of the risks, you approach it in that way. Um, so for me, I'm glad I did it that way. Mm -hmm. But I just knew it was the time. Everything lined up in very strange ways. And it was like, okay, I can do this right now. There's no barriers. And it's everything's lined up. It's the right time. And I just went and did it. Mm -hmm. I'd been interested in that for a couple of years. But I hadn't found anyone that... I found people like who basically went, pay me £800 and I'll watch you. Which I'm like, what the... You know, <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, that's not... For me, with my training in other traditions, that's... That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, okay, what you call the ambulance if something goes <laughs> wrong? Like, that's not holding the space. Yeah. You know. Um, so, so I was interested, but I hadn't found anybody who I felt could could lead me into mm -hmm. that space. Yeah. So, so for me, yes, I'm glad I did it the way that I mm -hmm. did it. Yeah. I've met loads of other people who did it other ways who had great experiences so right, right. you know there's many paths like, yeah. um, so could you tell us a bit about what you experienced and how you interpreted it um, a little but it's private to be honest sure. um, okay. sure. the, the essence of it was it it was looking for an interface mm. it was look like what you know if we're having a conversation there's four of us in the room We've all got slightly different backgrounds, but there's some things in common and we can find ways to interface with each other and have a conversation, hopefully, that's interesting for all of us. And and we take something from that. So to me, it was like a conversation mm. uh, with someone who was very old and 
way smarter than me. And they were looking around and they were like, right, okay. <laughs> what do? You've been doing this for 15 years. Okay. All right. Okay. You, you, your language is Qigong in Chinese medicine. Okay. I'll show you all the things that you're doing with Qi that are inefficient. I will show you how much you're getting in your own way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with your by controlling your energy. You don't need to control it. It's like if you think about your liver, it does like 200 functions at once simultaneously. <laughs> it doesn't need your conscious thought to function well. Right. All you're going to do if you consciously try and tell your liver how to function is basically be a pain in the butt <laughs> and, and kind of just inhibit all of its function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that my experience was there were phases there one phase was highly physical where it went through every cell in my body uh which was interesting Mm. um (laughs) and just showed me how to relax everything which i thought i knew how to do Mm. which i didn't um another phase was i mean you can read these things like lots of it follow that it's a very interesting substance, that one. There's usually a phase of kind of cognitive work. Uh, they're quite like, some people quite like using it in lower dosages for psychotherapy. And so you start having thoughts. Um, oh, what do I need to do about I've got this work problem? Like, I just don't know how to do this. And what do I do? And these thoughts start coming into your mind and you start thinking them. I'm not going to tell you my specific ones, but I can tell you the process. Um, and you, you'd, you'd work it through. And then you get to an answer and you'd be like, that's the answer. And then it's like, done. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. completely done. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have another thought mm-hmm. and you'd work through it. Mm. But this energy from the plant is there and it's like, all right. Like it, it's like it's kind of easing you in and letting you feel like okay, I can. Oh, do I want to keep this? Do I want to throw it away? Uh, you, I mean, I know it's a keep pile. It's a throw away pile. Keep pile, throw away pile. And the speed that you make the decisions for these problems speeds up. Hmm. So that you go, do I need to do this? No, <laughs> done. And mm-hmm. it could be something from childhood that's been mm-hmm. bothering you for twenty years, and this mm-hmm. is like. question answer done yeah Mm -hmm. and then it starts speeding up where as you're asking the Mm -hmm. question you've already answered it yeah yeah and then it gets to a point where it's kind of like you're just watching something else Mm -hmm. go through the bargain basement of stuff (laughs) and just throwing (laughs) out all the shit and you have no idea what's being thrown out (laughs) at that point and so those were the two major phases for me mm. within that within mm. that experience. Lots of people had a really rough ride. Mm. Uh, I didn't have a really rough ride, mm-hmm. but I took my prep mm-hmm. very serious. I prepped mm. twice as long as I was supposed to. Mm. I I took it like mm. like war, mm. like mm-hmm. going on like you can die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very powerful substance. If you yeah. aren't healthy, yeah. Yeah. it's, mm, it's not like, it's not like mushrooms on that level. It's physic. They, a lot of people take it for, um, major addictions. Yeah. Heroin. It yeah. resets the entire system. Yeah. So, 
um, you start taking medicine that's that potent. Make sure you're fit. Make sure you're healthy. Um, yeah. So I took that prep pretty serious. Yeah.